this is episode 528 on the 1st of june 2022 in what could have been a dramatic asia cup match to qualify for the finals in the hockey asia cup turned out to be a dampener or should i say turned out to be an exciting match as india korea ended at 4 all but because there were no shootouts in this part of the tournament which baffles me because how can you not have shootouts in the knockouts or super fours or the semi finals of a tournament it's baffling i have no idea what the governing body was thinking it's like as if there is no tie breaker in any tournament you need to have a tie breaker when you have reached this stage but this tournament was all about goal differences which meant that india fell short by one goal difference though in this match india were in control for most of the time they had the match in their hand but then they lost a player a crucial player to a green card suspension which meant a 5 minute suspension and then korea took advantage of that at one point india had taken the lead and korea made it one all india made it two all two one korea made it two all india had it three two korea made it three two india went four three and korea made it four all which means there was a back and forth movement a thrilling match but if it ends in a draw or a tie and there is no tie breaker and then the only way to decide the foray into the finals is through the goal difference well india did have a goal difference situation when they beat indonesia 16-0 but that's a different thing that's a 16-0 win that is fine but at four all and then against malaysia at three all shootout should have been part of the tournament why they were not there still baffles me i'm disappointed with the decision of the governing body not to have a shootout of course the players and the coaching staff cannot do anything because these decisions come from the governing body and those who sit in the board rooms in the conference tables and decide that this tournament will not have a shootout why i don't know was shootout needed of course you know that you have such good teams the indian team right now is at its best and it doesn't have its full strength squad it has its younger players who were part of this tournament and despite making it a four all situation where they may have allowed korea to equalize the score and one can say that yes there were some points when there were suspensions and green card suspensions yellow card suspensions and not taking full opportunity of the penalty shootout that was given but that's a different story at four all penalty shootout should have been there that would have been the real decider why they weren't there well the governing body knows best but a tournament which had its result as expected i did talk about the double or nothing pay-per-view a month ago and said that the AEW world championship match between CM Punk and Adam Page was going to be a classic 
you have an individual cm punk who's been doing this for a better part of 15 years well when he started in his career no one took him seriously then he was part of the wwe roster then he had created differences with the wwe management he left he went to another promotional company then between 2014 and 2020 he was not part of any professional wrestling or any kind of combat sporting company and then he surprised everyone by signing up with AEW and in a year's time he got an opportunity to face Adam Page after going back and forth with a couple of other individuals like MJF and others and then this was a classic match of course if you ask someone about AEW it's still a fresh company it's still a new company therefore they can sign in new players or new athletes or rather those individuals whose contract with other companies specifically WWE has expired or they're not renewing the contract whatever be the situation so they can they're only 3 years old they're trying to establish a brand on one hand WWE has established the brand over 4 and a half decades AEW is a fresher company which means fresher ideas and everyone is loving those fresh ideas but let me tell you of course 3 years means they have fresh ideas they recruiting couple of individuals who have already performed at various stages for various companies with various screen names but back to this match i think it was a classic and went down to the wire there were moments where adam page hesitated he had picked up the championship he could have easily won via disqualification but before he could enact that before he could disqualify himself and keep his championship cm punk got his patented go to sleep maneuver and won the title now who all will challenge him that remains to be seen one doesn't know what does the AEW management have in mind but it does open up a lot of opportunities which means CM Punk becoming a champion which means he's here to stay for a while as far as his career in professional wrestling and combat sports is concerned another match which was very interesting one was between Wardlow and MJF now Wardlow was MJF's lucky if you can if for a bet for a want of better word mjf another young emerging individual who's been part of this profession for the past 3 to 4 years he had his moments with cm punk and all the emotions surrounding it and then we saw wardlow who was part of his group trying to start his own career everything was tried everything was tried by MJF and his other lackeys to make sure that these two did not face each other but whatever MJF tried especially the strange part of Wardlow arriving in handcuffs to the arena fighting and then being put back in handcuffs whatever that whole storyline was created well it baffles me either way but that's the way these storylines are and we have to just accept these story lines but 
the mind games distraction did not work and wardlow by defeating mgf in a highly personal match which can affect a lot of individuals will now have an opportunity to look for bigger challenges which means cm punk could have a big challenge on his hand what will happen one doesn't know but you might even see mjf go against cm punk to challenge him for the world championship match that's going to be very interesting and how in the next few weeks the next pay-per-view shapes up as far as the AEW part of is concerned another match which was which was very interesting was the one between two tag team championships of course young bucks are called the best tag team championship of course they have usos and one thing between the hardys the young bucks and usos is that they are a bloodline kind of championships a brotherly championship once upon a time it was the hard foundation and it was the hardys who have been doing this for 25 years and young bucks for a better part of 12 to 13 years with usos in the other brand in a totally different company it was always going to be hardys versus the young bucks and hardys used all their experience to make sure that they emerge victorious and then we perceive hardys as the good guys let me tell you in sports there are no good guys there are no bad individuals there are no good individuals there are just individuals all they want is all sports athletes want is to win whether it's a singles competition a doubles competition whether it's a singles sport or a team sport the team the term team sport is an oxymoron but we'll talk about that later all sports athlete want is irrespective of the sport irrespective of the format to win so when you see sports athlete smile and do all those antics it's part of the acting they have to smile they have to sh- show all that but inside they have only one aim if they have trained for this for over 10 years if they started at the young age of 9 or 10 and they got their chance at 18 19 debuting and the next 25 years they spend is to win of course there'll be occasions when sporting at when athletes will lose but once upon a time i was slightly affected when i would see sports athletes smile and hug and talk in a very nice manner but that's part of their training that's part of the gimmick they have to do that if they don't do that how will they attract 70000 people to the stadium to the arena and how will that translate into gate money for the organizer which translate into a good contract and a good paycheck for the athlete so it all works in unison sports athlete act nice which attracts 70000 people this turns into gate money for the organizers who use this money to sign in new athletes to pay the existing athletes and then we see a few athletes as the highest paid athletes but in one fall the highest paid athlete can lose all of that in a moment's time if they don't carry on that charade of being the nice individuals but we'll talk more on that let's move on to a different 
promotion company's pay-per-view, that is the preview of that pay-per-view, that is the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which will happen next Monday. But we'll discuss the matches scheduled for this particular tournament, which has also got very interesting. Now, as I told you, Cody Rhodes left AEW a couple of months ago, signed in with WWE and his first match in terms of at WWE, not overall, was against Seth Rollins. They have already fought twice and of course this has come from the fact that Seth Rollins as a part of the storyline sees Cody Rhodes as a hindrance to Seth Rollins getting a championship opportunity again. Why hasn't Seth Rollins got a championship opportunity again? That's on the management and the individual deciding. But this is part three, which has happened in a space of three months. The third pay-per-view and the third match will, will culminate in a steel cage or what they call hell in a cell. And with Cody Rhodes having an advantage of having won the previous two encounters, which means that WWE wants to push Cody Rhodes and eventually give him a championship opportunity and will we see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes do exactly what CM Punk did to Adam Page who once upon a time was unbeaten. Will we see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns after this rivalry is over but I have my doubt that this rivalry is over. The three matches in three consecutive pay-per-views can be a little tiring but then that's what the organizers want they have been going back and forth mind games have been played and who knows what will happen in this particular match but i'm excited and then with roman reigns on a limited schedule as the grapevine goes but he might just allow himself to face cody Rhodes. With whatever happens in this particular match, whether Seth Rollins wins or Cody Rhodes wins, I see Cody Rhodes as a future opponent for Roman Reigns WWE World Universal Championship. Who knows if that's a possibility. It's still not in the cards. I don't think the WWE management has even thought about it right now, but they will be thinking about it. So this match is, in, is, is important to how the career of these two individuals progresses. How long will this rivalry go on? Well, this rivalry may end here. They may not face each other over the next 3-4 months. You might see them team up for tag team championships. Anything is possible in this profession. You saw John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose and Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson face each other till they beat each other up bloodied and down and then they have combined together to form a tag team so will Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins be a part of the be a tag team that's a possibility that's a probability with you never know what does WWE have in mind once upon a time when Cesaro was still an active wrestler he went face to face seven times with Sheamus 
when the tournament was finally tied those to face those to became tag team partners and tag team champions so i can i won't be surprised if they if they don't team up but i will equally not be surprised if they team up to become a tag team anything is possible in this particular profession when two heated rivals become partners you know no but looking forward to this match who has a greater chance of course the emotions is with Cody Rhodes with Seth Rollins doing everything he can to disrupt the flow and momentum we have seen that in the promotional events but let's move on to a championship match now this is very interesting it was originally scheduled to be Bianca Belair and Asuka and Becky Lynch was always hovering around and then when Becky Lynch beat Asuka and is now part of a triple threat or a trios match Bianca Belair may have had an advantage but now she doesn't all three are former champions current champions they have been there they have been in this situation they have the experience they have done this over a million times so a triple threat match means the champion does not have to be pinned for the champion to lose their title you could see Asuka and Becky Lynch go on one-on-one and one of them pinning the other Becky Lynch can pin Bel Air Bel Air may be taken out of course tables ladders chairs and the commentary table will become an important part of this narrative because it's no disqualification no timeouts no rope breaks the only way to win is pin pin or submit your opponent and as it goes in these triple threat matches or more than or a match involving more than two individuals anything is possible how do i look at this becky lynch may have the momentum may have the psychological part over these two individuals having defeated them in singles competition in normal pay-per-view event anything is possible but what is baffling is this bobby lashley mvp mind games once upon a time bobby lashley and mvp were thick as thieves they were part of a faction and they were winning matches means mvp helped bobby lashley become the champion he is and then due to some reason they weren't part of a faction anymore and then when Bobby Lashley faced Omos MVP became part of Omos who is now mentoring Omos but as I said Omos is not the first seven foot wrestler to be a part of any professional wrestling company I can give you examples Khali was there once upon a time undertaker came as that seven foot enforcer before he matured into a more wrestler with more acumen then there are a lot of lot of them big show was the one who came as a seven foot giant when you are seven feet you would be called a giant and i'm sure omos has plenty of time on his hand 
and if given the right guidance he will surely develop into a pedigreed professional wrestler the only disadvantage with individuals who are tall is that they are limited in their movements the only maneuvers they have is using their tall legs to outdo the opponent or using their power to throw the wrestler from one side of the ring to the other but the inexperience or the part where they can have a disadvantage is that if the other wrestler is more flexible and athletic in using all the moves that is jumping from the ropes or doing all kinds of movements that can cause these huge individuals the matches because then the momentum doesn't work that way if they are felled then it's difficult for them to get themselves up again so omos has the advantage now this is a handicap match which means bobby lashley has to face both mvp and omos at the same time which means it's it's literally a place where he has to do everything on his own he takes out mvp omos will be there to neutralize him he takes out omos mvp will use his experience to make sure that mvp is a distraction and omos is the one who takes care of the distraction bobby lashley may win though this is a disadvantage despite bobby lashley himself being a 6 foot plus athlete weighing over 270 pounds but when you have an individual mvp who is the brawn of this team mvp omos team and omos like every other 7 foot athlete who's been part of this professional wrestling business all he has to do is use his big boot throw lashley from one side of the ring to the other and then use all the power to slam him to the mat and then pin him 1 2 3 but i would see this i wouldn't say that mvp and omos have all the advantage in experience will cost omos if bobby lashley knows how to go about it what will happen even i don't know now this match is at more at the comical level so once upon a time there was a wrestler called elias who would wear a t and a jeans with a bandana with beard and use his guitar skills to communicate with the audience and also communicate with the wrestlers it didn't work out he was on the brink of losing lot of matches and then after a gap of a couple of years or less he returns in a new form a different ring gear and a different name disguising himself as elias's brother which kevin owens who is a smart wrestler but this whole storyline is turning out to be a slightly where is it going i don't know because he is kevin owens is going to face ezekiel or elias and kevin owens who's had moments where he's outdone his opponents when he had individuals on his side might be finding himself solo in this match and he will have to use all his experience and 
everything else to make sure that he is able to defeat Ezekiel or Elias. Of course, when you shave off your beard, you have a different ring gear, you're not making an entry using the guitar. Whether Ezekiel or Elias are the same person which Kevin Owens has been trying to find out, that's been the narrative, that's been the story, or are the two different individuals, we will never know because we don't see them together. So how will this match go? It wouldn't even matter because it's turned into a big fat joke. But what is interesting is the WWE US Championship match between Theory and Ali. As I said in my last pay-per-view analysis that Austin Theory, 24 and a half, 25 years at this time, of course called the youngest WWE US Champion has a very similar career to what once upon a time was for Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton and John Cena. They were all handpicked by Vince McMahon and they were all personally his protégés. Theory is not the first protégé though it's been shown in a manner as if before Theory 20 years ago, 25 years ago, there were no protégés for Vince McMahon. As I said, Theory is not the first protégé, he won't be the last protégé. So it's not surprising he's going to Theory because I'm sure Vince McMahon sees a bit of Randy Orton, a bit of Drew McIntyre and a bit of John Cena, the combination of all three in this individual. Of course, the attitude of Randy Orton the smugness of Drew McIntyre and the ruthless aggression of John Cena. That's why he's been handpicked and groomed for future championships. He faces Mustafa Ali who's had a tough time because Theory has used all his proximity to Vince McMahon to make sure that Ali doesn't have a fair fight. And then of course, in the pay-per-view of in a normal, regular televised event, he managed to outdo Ali by making him fight in one match and then when Ali was tired and down and out, he fought him for the US Championship. But this will now be a fair, fresh championship. I may, You may see Theory keep his championship, retain his championship, but as I said, when John Cena came for the first time, nobody took him seriously. It took him almost three years to develop into that individual everybody adores. Do I? Well, he's one of the millions who have come and gone. So was Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre in the initial years was had an up and down career. Then he left the this particular professional wrestling company. He went then changed his outlook then he was signed on again and now he's in that popular domain similar to Randy Orton when he came for the first time he was seen as this cocky young man and this individual with a lot of attitude but now Randy Orton is in that legendary group so 20 years from now will Austin Theory be in that group it's a possibility, it's a long way to go, but it's a possibility. As I said, I see a bit of John Cena, 
Drew McIntyre and Brandy Orton in theory because these three were also special hand-picked individuals for Vince McMahon and theory is just something he sees as a mirror image of all three. So it's not surprising. Of course, the whole selfie gimmick can be seen as something different, but I have no interest in that. 